Hello and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Before we get started, just a reminder to check out jasonpereira.ca and be sure to sign up for my newsletter. Now, on today's show. Today, I get to welcome back Samantha Russell, Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at 20 Over 10. Not to talk about 20 Over 10, but instead their new platform, Lead Pilot, which is a content marketing platform for financial advisors. And with that, here's my interview with Samantha Russell. Okay. Welcome back, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you decided to launch something new, so I had to basically bring you back for it. Uh, not, <laughs> many, not many two-time visitors yet, so uh, you're in an elite group. Wow, so, I feel very honored. Thank you. Well, Samantha Russell of uh, 20 Over 10 and now soon to be Lead Pilot. Tell us about Lead Pilot. Yes. So Lead Pilot is an inbound marketing platform that makes it easy for advisors to manage and automate all of their marketing messages in one place. So we really see the future of marketing in 2020 and in this next decade consisting of two things, personalization and automation. And our platform allows advisors to handle both of those, which often can feel like, you know, two different ends of a coin. Personalization, how do you personalize things but yet also automate them to all of your different audiences to stay relevant. And that's what this platform allows advisors to do. So it's content creation, landing pages for the dissemination of that content, social media scheduling, and email marketing all in one platform. And then as your prospects or leads engage with the content, their information is gathered and we give you intel on those prospects. What are they reading? Where do they work? How old are they? Anything we can find or data we can give you to make it easier for you to continue to engage with them. So for argument's sake, you're pretty much almost like a financial advisor-specific version of HubSpot. We've we've had quite a few people make that connection. I love it. Yes. There you go. And for those of you who don't understand inbound marketing or what it's about, Samantha and her team do a fantastic job of putting on online resources and webinars to explain all this stuff. But I recently saw a couple months ago, Marcus Sheridan, the author of They Ask You Answer, uh, who is just a phenomenal inbound marketer that just really changed my viewpoint on how to market my business. So take a look at his book, They Ask You Answer. He's all over it. And also take a look at uh, Samantha's uh, resources. We'll talk about inbound marketing in a moment and what that actually means and why it's effective. So tell me about the history about what led you guys. You already had a successful company with 20 over 10 and a couple other projects on the go. What led to the creation of Lead Pilot? Yeah, great question. So we started 20 over 10 almost about four years ago now, and we've worked with in that time thousands of advisors on their websites. And we would create the website. As you said, we have a, a great marketing team here that is really focused on educating advisors on best practices when it comes to marketing. And so they would see our webinars, read our blog posts about other elements. You know, how do you drive traffic to a website with email or social media? But we didn't offer a product to actually implement that for you. We just would give you suggestions. Mm -hmm. And people kept coming to us, wanting us to help them with it. And we said, you know, as we kept looking at the market, we realized there wasn't a good, just one solution we could direct them to. So we would say, okay, go here for social media scheduling. And then here's a good platform you can use for email marketing. And here's a great place you can create landing pages. And we thought, gosh, this is, it's hard for us to even put it all in an email, let alone for the person to absorb it. So we knew there was a need in the market for it. And we set out to develop it. And honestly, it has been a real work in progress, like any piece of software development is because my team has all of us, the marketing team, looking at it constantly saying, well, nope, that's not usable, or we have to make this more friendly. We're really building it just what we ourselves would want to use. 
Fantastic. And as someone who's had to cobble together his entire content marketing push that he's doing this year, I fully understand and appreciate that. <laughs> you get it. You get it. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, even for someone as proficient as I am, it's still a lot of heavy lifting. So let's talk about the user experience. Okay. So actually, let's take a step back. Let's actually talk about what is inbound marketing? You know, why is it why is it so effective, and why is it pretty much what's kind of taking over, in my opinion, taking over what I call effective marketing because it seems to have the biggest level of impact. Yeah, it's a great question, and a lot of people aren't sure what inbound marketing is. So, if you think of inbound marketing, let's start with that first word, inbound. So, think of the traditional sales process, which is or marketing process, which is you're out there pushing, making the arrow go from you to your end customer, your messages to them. You're calling them up on the phone and trying to tell them this is why you need to buy X, Y, or Z product or work with my company. The traditional model was somebody sold you something. The inbound marketing model is you provide as much answers and helpful information to anyone who wants it for free. Mm -hmm. And then those folks read that information, absorb your content, and then come to you when they're finally ready to go take it up a notch and engage with your services. So it's flipping the script from you pushing on somebody else and knocking on doors and hoping you can get five minutes of their time and interrupting their day to instead having people come to you who are already pre-qualified, who are a great fit for your business. And they're hoping and wanting to work with you because you're the expert that has the answers that they need. Yeah. And it's, you know, in, I'm going to keep on going back to Marcus's book and presentation because it was that kind of mind-altering for me, you know, the stat he put up at the beginning was 70% of the buying decision is now made online before they ever contact you. And, you know, his joke is, you know, everybody argues that this number is not accurate in our industry. And I'll tell you one thing, it is just above or just below that number. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are. But when you think about it, it's absolutely true. And, and how, many, how much of the behavior that people listen to this podcast is the exact same. We will hear about a service or need a service. And the first thing we do is turn to Google. Right. And yep. we had this we had this discussion previously in the previous podcast about 20 over 10 about, you know, why do we need a website being the big holdback? Because the first place people are going when they try want to find out about you is your website. Right. right. So the when people are looking for information on some big life altering decision and they manage to find your article, you're demonstrating value before they ever come to you. And hopefully they made the decision to buy by the time they actually call you versus the current model, which is most advisors put up the bare minimum on the website in the hopes to entice them to call. Right, exactly. And I think, um, you know, quoting Michael Kitsis here, he had a great quote where he said, would you, would you hand over your life savings to someone without um, looking them up on Google? And the answer is no, absolutely not. And yet a lot of advisors still say to me, you know, I've never gotten a client from my website. I've never gotten a client from LinkedIn. I've never got a client from email marketing. Uh, but and, how many lost because of poor use of those tools. <laughs> right. And exactly. So if you've only posted once on LinkedIn, well, it's sort of like that quote where, um, or that funny joke where someone says they, you know, kept praying to God every day to please let me win the lottery. Please let me win the lottery. And finally God came back and said, Hey, buy a ticket already. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't expect results if you're not a trying or b doing yeah. the right thing. So I never meet any girls at a bar. That's because I sit in the corner by myself. <laughs> like, it's exactly. just, it doesn't work that way. Right. Like, and and I think one of the things that, you know, I will always point people to is, 
as a case study, don't take my word for it. We do case studies all the time on our blog, on the 20 over 10 blog. We did a really great webinar with um, a CFP named Kyle Moore, and he wrote one blog post. It's not like he's blogging profusely, but one fantastic blog post, can capital gains push me into a higher tax bracket? And from that one blog post, he got, you know, so much business because people are actually searching for that question, reading his blog, seeing him as the expert with all this valuable information, and then turning to him. Yeah. And one of the tips I'm going to give from that book again, it was, and this is the most counterintuitive thing you're ever going to hear, but, and it's different in the U.S. because you guys have form ADDs for RAs that basically that the post they're pricing online. But the reality is, is that uh, this guy wrote a post on his pool company and what it costs to install, a, like what a, what a pool would actually cost because no other pool company had any data on cost on their website. That article is directly responsible for over $8 million in revenue, right? Amazing. Like, because he is, and so this is part of this entire entire conversation it needs to start start being not only about what the clients basically what the clients want to know we have to take ourselves out of our heads and basically say what what is it people are actually asking me like let's mm-hmm. answer that question right so that's a beautiful example of a question that clients have those questions well capital gains push me to a higher tax bracket and you know he did it and he'd be benefited from it. so that's that's fantastic so uh let's talk about how this so Let's talk a little bit about how this differs from, you know, a lot of the conventional marketing we're seeing right now, which is typically short form. Like you see a lot of, you know, Twitter blasts and, you know, everybody got used to talking in 180 characters. How effective do you think that is versus content marketing and and actually, you know, educating your client online? So if you look at when people are searching um, for different topics, the posts that come up in the one, two and three spots in Google searches, they're almost always... 1800 words or more. Now I'm seeing more like 2000 to 2400 words or more, and they go super in depth into a topic. So when someone's searching for what we call long tail keyword or phrase, like can capital gains push me into a higher tax bracket? That's not a light read. You need to give some good context into that subject matter. And in order to be featured as one of the top results, it needs to have what Google refers to as eat. So it's expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. And those are the three things that both consumers and search engines are looking for when it comes to content. In financial services, Google defines that as your money, your life content. So now they're being hyper, hyper targeted and strict on financial services type content and healthcare type content, because there's real implications if somebody follows advice that they read online about where to invest and lose all their money or what kind of healthcare to do and, you know, get sick. So those two areas are really being scrutinized and consumers can, you know, they can sniff out a fake really quickly. So you need to show your expertise. One thing a lot of advisors will say to me is, well, why would I give all this information away from free? No one's going to want to work for me with like a paid fee. Because no one's going to want to do it themselves. Exactly. Exactly. You answered it, right? Like the same thing with our company. We write five blog posts a week on each of our blogs. That's 10 blog posts a week on how to do all this on your own. Yet every week, you know, people sign up and pay us to do it for them because anyone can learn anything now with the internet, but nobody is going to do all of these things on their own. And so you have to change that mindset. But I mean, like how many more are going to be attracted to buy your, you know, product or your service? Because of it, right? And yeah, the the long form content thing. It's it's um, it's interesting because it was there was a go back to kids. There was a podcast recently where we kind of just summed it up. If you have a large financial decision to make about one thing, call it a pension commuted value, call it a business sale, call it uh, a recent inheritance, whatever it is, 
that basically is a large financial decision, one of the biggest ones you're going to make in your life, you're not going to go looking for a bunch of tweets and a bunch <laughs> of shared articles with a comment over top. You're going to look for someone who's written like 2,000, 3,000 words about this in great painstaking detail because they truly understand the issues. Right. And, you know, that's what's going to lead them to, at those major life events, turn and basically, you know, choose you. Now, the big thing you're always going to get pushed back on this, I would think, is I don't have the time. So how do you, uh, what, what do you respond to people with when, when you hear that sort of thing? So one thing that I think a lot of people can do is speak well about something, mm-hmm. but yet they can't necessarily write it. Like they, they, it's hard for them to sit down and write it. A suggestion I've made to some of the clients we work with that's proved well is sit down, record a video, and then use a video transcription service to turn it into text that you can then edit. Because it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to edit something once it's in front of you than to start with a blank page. So come up with like five talking points you want to talk about, record a video about it, and then edit off of the transcript. Now you have two pieces of content, right? You can submit the transcript for compliance approval. And once they approve the post, you have the text and the video that you can share. So that's one way. Another way, one of the things that we did actually through Leadpilot is we have a content library that you can use to help you curate different pieces. So yes, you still should be writing Mm -hmm. your own original pieces. I'm never going to tell you you shouldn't. A lot of people out there will say, well, you can get away with doing content marketing without it. You can't. There's no way around it. That's like in podcasting. Be your unique, sincere self. Right, exactly. If you're not, you know, there's a lack of... When people write for the general mass market for other people that post their stuff there's a lack of personality to it and there's a lack of, there's a lack of sincerity to it. And if you don't do it yourself, you're just never, that's never going to be your voice. Exactly. And so what I think people get blown away though by is, oh my gosh, well, I can't do this every day. And we're not saying you have to, even (laughs) once a month, having a 3000 word blog post goes on something and goes into something into a lot of depth and detail and is high quality is going to serve you well. Now the rest of the month, I'm not saying don't do anything, what we know is you still want to build up your brand awareness and be active and share things, but you can curate other kinds of content. So you can share, you know, articles that you have found online with lead pilot. We have all different kinds of articles that people can use. They can also edit any of the articles. So if they also don't want to record a video, but they want an article about the secure act and what it means for retirement, mm-hmm. we've got the article there. They can use it as is, but what we suggest they do is put their personality on it, put their spin on it, but it's a starting point, right? Um, and Like whatever it is to basically make it yours. Exactly, exactly. So I think that we need to get away from the idea that there's a one-size-fits-all approach. If you can commit to once a month, writing a great article, or you can commit to once a month recording a podcast or you know doing a video, whatever it is, make it high quality, make it worthwhile, people's time to listen to it, view it, read it. And that's, what's going to be the most important. Yeah. As someone who's done a fair amount of writing and is trying to get back into blocking after a long time off, which it's, you know, it's like, it's like going to the gym, uh, writing. If you don't do it every day, if you don't do it frequently, it gets harder. Yes. Uh, I just, I just basically learned to adopt the Tim Ferriss approach of 300 crappy words every day. Just sit down, write one page. doesn't matter if it's good or not. You will slowly start to put together like books, like books in length in terms of volume. So, okay. So let's go back to the platform. So tell me about, so basically you're able to provide, you provide some content for people. Mm-hmm. You basically allow them to produce their own. Uh, okay. I have a piece of content now. What kind of, well, first of all, what kinds of content can I curate on your platform? So there is both like lifestyle pieces, which we know get 
more eyeballs often on social media. People yeah. go to social media to escape their day, not to read about Roth IRAs yes. often. <laughs> so there's a lot of lifestyle pieces about, you know, just fun things, travel or multi-generational trips or, you know, talking to kids about money, parenting, like all different kinds of things. But then there's also your more traditional personal finance posts. We also include infographics. So more engaging um, type of media and videos and then quizzes, which is really exciting. So the quizzes, you know, people answer a couple questions and then in order to get the output, they have to give up their email address. There you go, capture. (laughs) There it is. Right, so there's all of that. And then whenever you're ready to disseminate that, again, you can take one of those pieces, use it as is, you can edit it, or you can upload your own completely original piece. You can upload your podcast episode or your video for the week, whatever you want. It doesn't have to be text. When you go to share it, what happens is it pushes it to a landing page where the whole point, again, is lead capture. So rather than somebody just going to YouTube and watching your video, you can share it on this particular landing page so that you have a specific call to action for that video. So if your video is all about social security, you can have a call to action built in that asks them, you know, are you getting ready to retire and trying to figure out the best time to claim social security. We work with other blank, just like you, let's book a meeting or here's my one page report, or here's a checklist, whatever you want to do, it's all customizable, but it puts it on a landing page that really the whole point of that landing page is lead capture. So you can still put this content on your website. Um, There's a a RSS feed integration, but the goal really is a lot of people are putting content out there and then they don't really have a good way to gauge who's engaging Uh with it, who's reading it, who's watching it, and they can't capture leads from it effectively. So these landing pages are generated. You can capture leads, but you can also, you know, just post to social media. You can do email marketing. Uh It's really all about making it your own, but having all those different elements be in one platform. And then we archive everything so that as an advisor, you are compliant with the archiving rules. Excellent. So once it's out there, you know, one of the most important things that any inbound marketing course could teach you is tracking your metrics. Mm-hmm. So how are you reporting back the, on the effectiveness of that article or that piece of media uh, to the advisor? Great question. So we track a couple different things. We track landing page impressions themselves. We track social media views, and then we track an email open rate and click-through rates. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. You can actually look over time. So just tell me all of my stats for Facebook over the last 30 days, or tell me all of my stats, you know, on LinkedIn, but you can also look by a particular piece of content. So you can say on that article, I posted about the secure act and what it means for your retirement, how many leads filled out the form from that piece of content, how many people saw that piece of content in general across all mediums. You can also pick a person. So you can upload your own list of contacts, um, you know, your leads, your clients, your prospects. And then as people engage and sign up and give you their email through the system, they also get added to your contact list. So in that contact list, you can click on any person's name and it will tell you particularly via email what they opened and read. So you can see, okay, Samantha's not interested in any of the articles about social security, but she's reading a ton of the articles about early financial things like buying your first home, setting up a 529 plan, that kind of thing. So it gives you insights that way about uh, those particular people and what they're interested in. So you can hyper-personalize follow-up messages to individuals. 
Absolutely. So yeah, again, they're interested in the one thing. Uh, say, yeah, thanks for t- stopping by this article. Here's a couple other links that might be of interest to you. Yeah, the, the follow-up is fantastic there. So talk to me about the integrations you've built into this. So I am blasting this out across what channels, like what are the options that are, are available? So currently you can post to Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, and we are in the process, maybe by the time this gets released, I don't know, um, of getting Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Instagram added. And then in terms of integrations, we currently have integrations with Redtail and Wealthbox. And we're everyone's uh, got integration to Redtail. It's like yes. Yeah, you're not considered a fintech unless you have one. Exactly. <laughs> we're working on uh, we're working on Salesforce next, and we just finished up one with Riskalyze too, which is going to okay. be really exciting. So, um, lots more coming down the pipeline as well. Excellent, excellent. So overall, besides the content generation, what kind of labor does an advisor have to put into this to actually make it truly effective? Well, the one thing we didn't talk about yet is campaigns. So campaigns is another part of the of the platform. So you can manually go in, you could say, okay, here's my social media post for the next 120 days if you want and load everything up, get it all set. Or we have pre-made campaigns that you can pick and choose and again, completely customize. So the way a campaign would work is they can be topic-based, the ones that we're preloading in. So you might have a campaign, you know, all about again, let's go back to social security or five years out from retirement. And so day one, there's an email that goes out to everybody who's on your list, who you've labeled as 55 and older. And the first article is five things to consider before the five years before retirement. And then day three, a post goes on LinkedIn. That's an article about how to live well and be healthy in retirement. And it just goes to LinkedIn. And then, you know, day two, 12, there is a another email that goes out to that same list of 55 and older about social security calculators and what the best ones to use. So it's all based on days. So you, and it's a modular drag and drop approach where you can pick and choose different pieces of content and decide, is it going out on social media via email? How do you want it to flow? And we will have some pre-made that people can use and edit. So, okay, I don't want anything on LinkedIn or no, I don't want this particular piece. I want to switch it out for something else because all of the content in the library can be filtered by both persona as well as category. So personas could be athletes or business owners or physicians, whereas a category could be housing or retirement, things like that. And then those campaigns are pretty much like a set it and forget it, right? So you set it up for 60 days and you launch it and then it just is going to run for you. So there is definitely some activity that people need to do. If they don't want to do that themselves, we have an onboarding success specialist that can help put this together for them at an additional cost. But I always say at a minimum, we want you logging in at least six times a year, whether on your own or with someone from our team. So that's every two months because you need to know what the results are of the last 60 days so that you can make changes and tweaks to the next campaign. Yeah. And the good thing about this stuff is you might use the term long tail uh, quite a while, a while ago. And it's, you know, the good thing is you break this once and it sits there forever, right? Like, I mean, you can, you can benefit from an article you wrote years ago. And I still get that from stuff I've done that's shown up in newspapers and whatnot, where someone will be look, dealing with one or two specific issues. And I get, I get, I get prospects out of that. So it's incredibly valuable. And you know, one of the light bulbs that went off for me is like, I just need to do this, even if I'm not getting published in the newspaper. Well, right. and I think to your other point is link backs. You know, people don't realize that if you get one link from a local publication, but it's like the finance column of your local newspaper or <laughs> the Wall Street Journal quotes you on something and they link back to your website, that 
does so much to boost your site's rankings and your mm -hmm. visibility and help more people find you. So that alone is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So anything else about the platform we should know? I mean, it seems like you did a very good job of A, allowing people to curate various forms of content, B, push it out to various channels, C, track not only the usage of it, uh, the usage of multiple situations, uh, multiple different dynamics, and also, I mean, the inclusion of personas. I mean, this is, you know, I got to say, this looks pretty well thought out. Well, <laughs> what am I missing? <laughs> I mean, I think the big thing that I want people to know about Lead Pilot is it is, it's not just content. It's not just a plat like a platform for you to do what you need to do. It's really all in one. So whether you are someone who's not tech savvy and you want a set it and forget it approach, you could come in and use that. Are you going to get the same kind of ROI as someone tweaking all the time? No, but it's better than nothing. Or if you are somebody who's got a larger team, so we can actually support also multiple seats under one account. You could have one advisory firm with a hundred advisors and they have some content that everybody on the team uses and others that only they use. It's great because you can collaborate, you can use different drafts of the same piece of content, but as they're deployed, it's individualized to you on your own landing page with your picture, your bio, your information. Mm -hmm. So this the platform can really be used right out of the box turnkey, or you can really get custom and tailored with it and alter it and make it specific for your, your own firm. Excellent. So uh, before we wrap up, there's Three questions I ask everybody. I can't remember if I, if I had these when I interviewed the first time, but I'm going to ask them now anyway. And okay. we'll see if you ask the old ones if you did it. If you had one wish for something you can change in your company or the industry, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. You're surprising me with it. In my <laughs> company or the industry? Yes. Okay. I think I would say, and I'm probably going to a lot of slack for my company on this is in our company right now, we are very remote. So we have about 10 people in our office here in State College. And then mm -hmm. the other... 16, 20 people were growing fast. I can't remember the exact number are spread across the country. And I wish there would be a way that we could be physically in the same place more often because I am such a social person and love chatting with everyone in person all the time. They, everybody else really likes remote culture. They think we get a lot more done. We're efficient. Sure all your coders want the opposite. <laughs> yes, but I would love to see them all more often. So that would be my answer. Oh, that's a lovely side. The second question I have for you is what's been the biggest challenge in getting the lead pilot platform to where it is today? Uh, I would say that we all have so many ideas and things that we want. And yet we know that we're marketers. So the way we want to use it is not intuitive to the way that a layman would use it. And so constantly... You mean completely technophobic advisor. <laughs> right? like you're like right. a lay person and then drop the bar and there's your advisor. Okay, so and I think the, the challenge with any piece of software is there's, you know, anything, any piece of software can be built to accomplish so much. But how do you streamline it in a way that people actually use it? And so the biggest challenge has always been not having every bell and whistle that maybe 5% of the most, you know, marketing savvy people will use, but instead really being hyper streamlined and intuitive about the way we build things so that the other 95% of people can go in and get real ROI from it, but understand how to use it without needing like a hundred page manual. Yeah. It's, it's so the, the, the lesson for every tech company to follow is underbuild to start because mm -hmm. you will, if you over, if you overbuild, you're going to have spent all this time and money on tons of stuff that you think makes a lot of sense. And then once it hits, you know, live fire environments, like, oh, that was a complete and total waste of three months. Like, it's, right. you know, so you're, you will learn from usage rates more than anything else. Absolutely. Uh, 
the last question I have for you is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and gets you out of bed every morning, just excited to keep doing it? For me, 100%, it's, we really built up like a, a community of, of advisors who just are so eager to learn about marketing and best practices and learn how to grow their businesses through inbound marketing. And I've really taken the stance that I want 20 over 10 to be seen as an education resource for people and not just somebody, you know, a platform for people to use. And so I get so excited every day I get messages from people. I watch this webinar and I updated my title tags and I can't believe the difference in my SEO or I did what you said for me to do on LinkedIn and I had three new bookings on my calendar overnight. I can't believe it's working. That just gets me so excited that I can give an education session, a tutorial. People can take it. They can implement it in their businesses and see real results so fast. Yep. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a formula that's been followed by, you know, I mentioned HubSpot earlier, same as, as them. You know, they, there's a ton, they got like a university practically on their website. And yeah. not far from yours as well, because as I keep on scrolling down your website, just video after video after post <laughs> after post, like, you know, to, I can't even imagine how long it would take me to get through everything you put out there. And I'm sure there's absolute nuggets of wisdom for everyone who watches all of them. And it's, uh, yeah, you spend a lot of time in front of the camera, don't you? Um, I do. I do. So every Monday for those, I'll give a little shameless plug on our YouTube channel, 20 over 10 YouTube channel. I record a two to four minute video. That's just me explaining some sort of marketing tip or trick or strategy or things somebody to be thinking about. And it's pushed out every Monday. So really, really tangible, actionable things that you can implement. You don't have to be using any of our products. This applies to anybody out there with a website or social media or email marketing. And yeah, that's a, it's a good way to learn. Fantastic. Samantha, thank you yet again for coming on a second time and talking about the new product. Very much appreciated. And I do encourage everybody to, at the very least, sign up for your newsletters because yeah, there's tons of wonderful insight in there and not enough advisors do a good job. You know, they all, they take a step back. The, uh, someone I know who, um, who manages the dealership once said, you know, I asked 90 advisors what it was that they were planning, how they were planning to grow their business. And hundred percent of them said, you know, number one referrals. And it's like, well, why don't you just get on your knees and pray for rain while you're at it? Like, you know, <laughs> do something active to grow your business and, you know, I think content marketing is probably the most mutually beneficial way to probably do that in this environment right now. So good on you guys for, for creating a specific vertical. I'm going to take a specific, a uh, harder look at what you guys are doing myself. So thank you yet again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been great to talk with you again. Pleasure. So that was my second interview with Samantha. I hope you enjoyed that. And as you can see, she always makes a great guest. And for those of you who are curious, the book I was talking about, just to reiterate, was They Ask, You Answer. Be sure to check that out because as I said in the podcast, it was one of the best books on marketing I've ever heard. Until next time, as always, I'm Jason Pereira. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever it is you get your podcasts. Take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.